0: If you have your Bibles, please turn back to John 13 that was read for our meditation this morning as we open God's Word. The theme for this morning is that you can tell already because our songs had to do with love and we will be singing one at the end of the service that might be new to you, but we trust that you will be willing to learn it. The word love, has many, many meanings. The Greek has different words for love, but we have one. I love apple pie. I love peach pie. I love my wife, but do I love my wife the same way I love peach pies? Obviously not. And yet we talk about love as, as the, the be-all the end all of everything, if only we would learn to love one another. Ladies and gentlemen, I am suggesting to you that we will never, never be able to understand love unless we see love in the light of the scriptures. Listen to what John writes. When Jesus was about to go to Calvary, during the time when people came from all across that part of the world to celebrate the Passover. The Passover was a remembrance of what what God did in history when he let the people of Israel leave Egypt. So Jesus was celebrating a Jewish festival, but before him was a cross. And as the history gives us the physical deliverance from Egypt, the cross gives us the spiritual deliverance from sin. But in the midst of these two events, instead of Jesus being more concerned about what was going to happen to him, we read these words, Jesus Having loved his own, love them to the end. It's, it's interesting because that little word, end, has a lot of connotations, both in, in, in English as well as the Greek, Greek word. When you look at, at scholars, they look at this word and they ask, is the word talking about the word end, complete, duration, is it talking about something that 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 has come to an end well we shall see this morning that it is more than that but before we understand what jesus meant when he said having loved his own he loved them to the end and by the way isn't it true that you and i have become so used to god's love that it almost doesn't register talk to a new christian And you will see what the love of God is like. There'll be the excitement. There'll be the sense of joy. There'll be the sense of, 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 you know, just wanting the whole world to know. It's like the idea of the, the young wife who was celebrating her joy of being married to the most wonderful man. And one of the elderly wives said, just wait. Just wait. God help us that we don't do that with the love of God. What language shall I borrow to thank thee, there is friend? For this thy dying sword, thy pity without end. Oh, make me thine forever, and shall I fainting be, Lord, may I never outlive my love for thee. Listen to Jesus. <coughs> Excuse me. Having loved his own. I want to spend a few minutes talking about what love is In the mind of God. What love is in the mind of God? Love in the mind of God is incomprehensible by human beings. Incomprehensible. Let me tell you what I mean by that. In 1 John 4, 7, we hear John speaking of love comes from God, love is of God, God is love. And, and one would, would try to find some meaning or, or to put a handle on that word and it just slips from our tongue. God loves me. God loves me. God is love. And, and so on. And it doesn't register. I want to take you back to two passages in the Bible. In Matthew fifteen twenty two. there there is this this woman who has a great need and she hears that Jesus is coming and she cries out to Jesus and she said, Lord, son of David, have mercy on me. Have mercy on me. Now mercy and love, they they don't seem to, to be the same thing, but they are. Because when you look in the Old Testament, where David, wherever you see the word mercy, in fact, if you have the King James translation, wherever you see the word mercy, you have mercy. But in the newer translation, for that word, they they will make the, the, the extended translation loving kindness, loving kindness, loving kindness. You'll see it all through. The word, the English word for mercy, the... Greek word for, for mercy, the Hebrew word for mercy, the Hebrew word is the original word. And that word, that word comes from a, the transliterated Hebrew word chesed, chesed, C H E D E D, C H E D E D, chesed. And, and it's such, it's, it's a wonderful word that cannot be fully expressed, and the only word, the only word that expresses it is the, the word loving-kindness. Loving kindness. So that, so that the love of God comes out of the kindness of God. But the kindness of God is not merited. The love of God is not merited. You can't do anything to earn it. So the loving kindness of God is God's own initiative to move towards something that that is undeserving without looking for any kind of reparation as a result of acting. Let me take you one step further. God is holy. That's what He said about Himself. I am holy. So everything, every attribute of God that is expressed to you and to me is holy. So the love of God is a holy love. It is a love that is pure, without it, it, it it's not that it doesn't have any emotions, but it is not sentimental, it's not emotional. It is a volitional will. It is, it is, it is that, that act of God where he acts within himself to be kind. And, and you and I always, almost always have some reason for love, is it not? Paul understood this. He said, I want you to come from Ephesians 3.19. I want you to come to know, listen to this, I want you to come to know the love of God who is not knowable. I want you to come to know the love of God that is not knowable. What a, what a wonderful privilege that in, in talking about God's love, we're talking about the incomprehensible disposition of God that cannot be, be known fully by human beings, but can be known by those who are His. When, when I say that God loves me, friends, I should fall on my face again and again and say, Really? God loves me? I remember the first time I started to play golf. I should say the first time I started to play at golf. Not, not play golf. You don't play golf. For me, you play at golf. And, and I used to play a little bit of tennis. I was quite involved in, in sports. And I remember the first time I started to play golf, and, and I, I would hold that golf club, and I, want, I wanted to hit the ball toward the flag. And every time I would swing, with mind over matter, it doesn't work in golf, in golf. Because my mind was to get that ball to go to that flag over there, and guess what? It would go in the opposite direction. And I remember, I remember... The first time that happened to me, I cursed myself. I did. I cursed myself. I I didn't like what I was doing. I didn't like me for what I was doing. Uh, My friends, it might not be golf for you. It might be something else. But have you ever stopped to think that whoever you are this morning, you are loved with a love that cannot be understood You are loved with with a love that accepts you for who you are, even if the the ball doesn't go on the green. (laughs) We need to be captured once again by this incomprehensible love of God. Listen, Jesus, Jesus, the night in which he was betrayed, he loved his own. He loved his own. I'll come to that in a minute. That's what this love is. My favorite verse in Scripture, if I may say that, Romans 8.32. God, who did not spare His own Son, but gave Him up for us all. Look at this. God did not spare His Son, but gave Him up for us all, if I may personalize that, when it came to the cross, when the plan of salvation was made in eternity, if you please, with reverence, I would say, God ask his son, assign his son to take Winston Thurton's place on the cross. Shouldn't that drive us to tears? To joy, to excitement, I remember some time ago our boy was, was a little little boy, and he, he was um, sitting in the back seat of the car, and I was driving and, and uh, I had to come to a full stop very quickly, and I said to Christopher, "Oh, Christopher, please watch the groceries in the back of the car because." If 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 those eggs are broken, we're gonna be we are gonna be in trouble with mom. And he said, we <laughs> he did. He said we. <laughs> ah you will not, not not me. Oh my friends, my friends, just just think of how often we 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 are crippled by the fear of what others feel of us, what others think of us. And God is saying, I love you. Just as you are. You don't have to try to do anything to impress me. It's incomprehensible. It is also incomparable. Let me just quickly say this, that the love of God cannot be compared with anything on earth, not even a father's love or a mother's love. We, 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 have, we have little bits here and there about what a father's love is like, what a mother's love is like. But my friends, the Bible is saying that there's no comparison on earth. We can't say. Isaiah 40, 18 and 25 says, to whom will you like me? Or what likeness will you compare with me? Verse 25, to whom will you compare me that I should be like him? There isn't anything created among human beings that can be compared with God. So John is writing now in 1 John 3 and 1. And he said this, Behold, what manner of love is this that the Father should bestow his love upon us? Let Let me give you a little bit of insight into that word. If you have the King James translation, it says what manner of love. The word manner comes from a word which means out of this world kind. What out of this world kind of love is this? There isn't anything on earth that can be compared with that. But this is the love with which we are loved. And listen, this is the love that made us sons and daughters of God. This is the love that made us sons and daughters of God. What kind of a love is this? Well, more can be said, and I don't want to take up too much time. On this. Now we go to our text. I was giving you an introduction, the fact that love is sacred. If God is holy and love comes from God, then love in the Bible is a sacred, sacred compartment of God's being. Nothing that God does, love is not selfish, love is kind, love is enduring. Nothing on earth can compare with that. It's not comparable. But when we come to John 13, here's what we notice about the love of Christ. It is selfless. Listen to it, listen. Having loved his own, his attention, his focus is upon others. No human language can fathom the words in in, in the opening of, of the chapter. He was going back to his father. He was returning to his place in the Godhead. And yet he could be thinking of how much he loved his disciples. This this is a love that does not look out for itself, this is the love that focuses upon other objects. And this is important because we live in a world where we are told that the most important person in the world is number one, moi. I am the most important. Focus upon yourself. There's a commercial going on right now. I called this attention to my wife. It just happened to be when I was sitting down because, I, as you know, I don't do a whole lot with commercials. But it says, LeBron, LeBron James is the one narrating it, and he said, he sees the time coming when we will no longer be using the term we had a low beginning, a low beginning. In other words, he is looking for a world where everyone has everything they want, no matter what it is. You never come from from the bottom up. You come at the top, and that's where you are. My friends, you know what that means? It means that we are going to fight to get there. It means that if I have to walk over you to get there, I will get there because I am number one. I am number one. Just think about all these basketball players that are making the millions of dollars and still they cannot even play on the same team with one another. They hate one another. I can tell you stories simply because I am involved in, in, in the sport. So, the, the, the whole idea of God's love is that it is other. In the midst of his own pain, he is thinking of how much he loves his disciples. 1 Corinthians 13, 5. Love seeks not its own. Love seeks not its own. All the stories I can tell you of that. But it is firm on behalf of others. Not only does it focus, it's firm. That's what it means, loving them to the end. Jeremiah 31.3 says, I have loved you with an everlasting love so that the love of God is before and after. It doesn't end at a certain point. So, what is Jesus saying? He came into the world, according to Luke chapter 2, he came into the world to do the Father's will. And the last stop before he moves into glory again is the cross, the tomb. And he was walking with those men all through those three years that he was on earth. And and listen, listen to what these men were known for. There was infighting among them. There was competition among them. There was pride among them. There was unbelief at certain points among them. And Jesus said, I loved you at the beginning... And my love for you, because it's an eternal love, will keep on loving you in spite of the situation until I go back to heaven. And in heaven I will continue to love you. Because in Hebrews 7.25, listen to what it says, that he ever lives to intercede for us while we're here on earth. He loved us then and he loved us there. And we are sandwiched between the cross and the throne by the love of Jesus Christ. That, my friend, is the privilege that you and I have as as, as believers. It is firm. It doesn't change. When the Bible says that love never fails, it's not talking about love disappointing us. It's saying that love will never, never lose its impact, its character. It means that, that, that love will never diminish 1 Corinthians 13, 12, Paul says, There remain faith, hope, and love, and the greatest of these is love. It will last, not only in time. I love you right through. The last stop will be the beginning of the Eternal One. I will continue to love you. Quickly, let's look at the meaning. The meaning of this love. His love is not only selfless, his love is sacrificial. Jesus knew that he was going to lay down his life. Lay down his life. He's talking about the cross. And what does sacrifice mean? Sacrifice means the intentional the intentional surrender of one's life to save another's life. The intentional. It is not done with any kind of force. John 10, Jesus said, the Father loves me because I lay down my life. And love is being expressed at its deepest and highest meaning when it is ready to surrender itself on the behalf of another. Paul understood this and he said in Galatians 2.20, Jesus loved me and gave himself for me he loved me and gave himself for me what is the measure what is the measure of sacrifice i'll just make mention of it to you the sacrifice of jesus is universal universal in john 1919 19, pilate is writing an inscription over the cross and that inscription said, Here is Jesus, the King of the Jews. And it was written in three languages. It was written in Hebrew, in Greek, and in Latin. An amazing, and amazing. And I don't have time to go into it this morning. My time is already up. It was universal. What Pilate didn't know that what he was doing... There was a divine hand, a providential hand, leading him to show how vast is the love of God. First, it was written in Hebrew. Hebrew is the language of religion. The Hebrew nation is the the conduit through which God brought the commandments into the world. And yet, my friends, yet, it was not sufficient... The commandment, when it is not relating to the person of Jesus Christ, becomes law and becomes, becomes nothing more than, than someone trying to do their best. But when Jesus is king of the religion, you have a relationship with the one to whom you were created to love and who loves you. Religion without love is like being in a prison without walls. The Hebrew religion, the religion that brought laws, the prophets into our world, but even Nicodemus had to come to Jesus and say, no one can do what you're doing except God is with him. Here comes the Hebrew to confess that the king of the Jews is indeed Jesus Christ. It was written in Latin. Latin is the language of of law and government. Isaiah chapter 9 verse 6, the government shall be upon his shoulder. Up to this day, when we think of law, we usually go back to to Roman laws. Because in, 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 in the glory of Roman was its legal system. And one day, one day a centurion, a Roman centurion came to Jesus and asked for help. Because you see, Jesus... Jesus, in spite of what power remained in, 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 uh, in Rome, Jesus is the king of government. The centurion at the cross said, Surely this was the Son of God. That's what Pilate was writing there. He didn't know that one of his own was going to be confessing it. He's the king of the Jews, he's the king of the Romans. It was written in Greek. This is the universality of it. It was written in Greek. Greek is the language of culture and philosophy and arts and ethics. But only one Jew could claim to be the light of the world, and that was Jesus Christ. And light suggests all those things I just mentioned. And in John chapter 12, we have some Greeks coming to Philip and said, Sir, we would see Jesus. Do you see it? In all three, Hebrew Nicodemus came seeking the king. In Latin, the centurion came. In Greek, came those Greek citizens saying, We would see Jesus. Please listen now. Please listen. The love of God is sacred, the love of God is selfless, the love of God is sacrificial. Now listen, at the end of his conversation, Jesus spoke to his disciples and listened to what he said, This is my commandment, that you love one another as I have loved you. How do we love? We love one another, my friends, with a sacred love, not selfish at all, selfless and sacrificial. And when the world sees that, they will say, surely, God has done great things for them. Father, please help us to have a fresh understanding of what the love of God is like, unknowable yet knowable, selfless, always focusing upon others, sacrificial willing to make sacrifice on the behalf of others. This is the love that should be in the church because it is in the love of the head of the church. And we thank you. Thank you for such love, and may we never, never outlive our love for you as we practice it one for the other. In Jesus' name.